We want to welcome you to our midweek Bible study here at Liberty Christian Church International. I am so excited about being with you on this evening. It's an awesome time to be in the presence of the Lord. Do me a favor real quick. Go ahead, and if you're on Facebook, on Periscope, on Twitter, however you may be watching us, even if you're with us on Zoom, um, go ahead and share this for me. We got an awesome topic. We're going to get into something dynamic on this evening. Amen. And so now we want you, I, I need you to go ahead and share this for me. And um, as we jump into this Bible study on this evening, it's an awesome time, but I want to open us up with a word of prayer. Uh, if all hearts and minds are prepared, all hearts and minds are secure and ready to go before the throne of grace. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for you being our God. We thank you for being our Lord and our Savior. We thank you, God, for all that you've done for us, God. We thank you for being a all-knowing God, an omnipotent God, an omniscient God, an omnipresent God in our lives. So, God, as we begin on this evening, God, we ask right now that you first and foremost forgive us of our sins, forgive us of our trespasses, forgive us against those things that we have done against your will and your purpose and your plan, God. And, God, as we get ready to dive into your word, God, let mine be open. Let hearts be open. Let uh, let the spirit be receptive for what thus saith the Lord. God, I take no authority. I take no honor and I take no glory uh, above you, O God. So God, speak through me, speak with me and speak by me so that lives can be changed. Souls can be delivered that you may get the glory out of all of it in your son Jesus name. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. It is in Jesus mighty name. The name that is above all other names is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise on today. Amen. And once again, if you are with us, do me a favor and share this with somebody. I'm just so excited about what God is getting ready to do with us here at Liberty. And it's just an amazing time that we get ready to... Uh, that we get ready to be in the presence of God. And on this evening, and we've been dealing with this series of talking about uh, kingdom living and being excellent as kingdom citizens, I want to jump into this topic on this evening about daring to be different, daring to be different. Um, real quick, if you have your Bibles, lift up your Bibles. Let's make our Bible decoration, Bibles, cell phones, whatever you may have, and repeat after me, Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for our life. Therefore, we are believers and not doubters. We're not just hearers, but we're also doers. And our life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen, amen. Get your Bibles, get your notepads. This is Bible study, and the Bible does say what? Study to show thyself approve a workman who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. So we're going to dive into this word of God on this evening. And once again, I said today we're going to talk about this topic, dare to be different. And I want you to grab hold of this mindset, this preset, this whole opportunity where we get to change some things about our life. Get this, if we we as believers of Jesus Christ want to see different in our lives, the most important thing that we can do is what? 
act different. We can act different and, 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 and really examine ourselves to see who we are and act different or, and see, what we, see where we can change in our lives to act different and see how we have uh, and examine ourselves to really see where we are and see what we can do different as kingdom citizens. Our whole nature and our whole design and our whole uh, plan is to be kingdom citizens and rightly divide the word of God and live according to what God has said in, uh, in his scripture about us. And tonight, I want us to put a challenge on the table. I want us to make sure that we are challenging ourselves to dare to be different, dare to be different. Why? Because we have to display a complete overhaul in our attitude, a complete overhaul in our perspective of how we see things, a complete overhaul in how we speak and how, and how, we, handle, uh, how we handle others daily. Um, so, so let's look at scripture on this, morning, on this evening, excuse me, and we're going to jump into scripture and look at Titus, the second chapter, looking at the 12th through the, 13th, through the 14th verse, amen? Titus, the, the uh, second chapter, looking at the 12th through the 13th verse, and it says this, Reading from the New American Standard Bible, I told you this Bible study, so I want to make sure you got your Bibles, got your pens, got your cell phones, iPads, whatever you may have. And it says this, instructing us to deny ungodliness and working and worldly desires and to live sensibly, somebody say sensibly, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself up, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify him for him and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. So, so once again, I want to talk to us at, uh, from the topic, dare to be different. Because we as believers should already have an understanding that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we've been redeemed and restored to God through Christ. Amen? We, we, we got to realize that, that we're not here to, to operate the same. We're not here to act the same. We're not here to uh, go through life in the same manner and in the same way that everybody else does. We have received something in our life to change the whole nature, the whole course, and the whole understanding of our journey as Christian, as Christian citizens, amen, as kingdom citizens. But too often uh, uh, do we accept um, what too often, the acceptance doesn't produce a true difference in behavior. Amen? Too often, when we come into the body of Christ, when we give our life to Jesus Christ, uh, we accept him for as our Lord and Savior. We say that we want to be better, but too often, it does not produce a true difference in our behavior. Amen? A lot of times when we come to the cross, a lot of times when, when, when new Christians come, they'll be zealous for God for a moment. They'll be right there and, and, and trying to be everything that God has called us to be for a moment until something happens in your life. See, Satan and his agents have, have pushed the notion that it's only about receiving Christ, but everything else can stay the same. Mm, that, that's something powerful right there. So to, Satan has deceived the church and deceived the new believer that all they have to do is accept Jesus Christ, but everything else can say, stay the same. They can keep drinking. They can keep smoking. They can keep fornicating. They can keep lying. They can keep gossiping. They can keep backbiting. They can keep 
keep doing all these things. And simply because they made a confession with their mouth that everything changes. But we know the Bible says what? If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus Christ is your Lord, is Lord and Savior, then you shall be saved. So part of this thing that, that we're doing is making sure that our heart and our mindset changes. Uh, the, the heart that we have, the, the heart that we talked about uh, last week where we talked about what the heart holds inside of it when we were dealing with speech and talking about what the heart holds inside of it as it pertains to being uh, uh, speaking right and talking right goes, the, goes in the same way when we're dealing with how if we're daring to be different. Because if what you have in your heart has not been renewed, has not been changed, has not been transformed, then the outward manifestation is going to do what? Produce the same thing. It's not going to show any kind of benefit. It's not going to show any kind of advancement. It's not going to show that you're growing as a kingdom citizen. Kingdom citizen, if you continue to hold in your heart the same things, the same mindsets, and the same ways, then you can never advance to be who God has called you to be. Amen? So now, if that's the case, and if that's how we're looking at things, and we're seeing things, then, then we must realize that, um, that his agents, once again, have pushed the notion that that you only have to receive him and don't do anything else. But there's a standard that we have to live by. See, that, my friend, is a lie straight from the from the father of lies. Every, everybody knows who the father of lies is, right? A amen? Everybody knows who the Bible declares that the father of lies is? is Satan. But then you got to realize this, that Christ died for us to be reconciled to who? To the father. He, he, he died so that he, he died so that uh, we can have a relationship, a true relationship with God the Father. And so now God is not looking for, get this, God is not looking for a polished lemon. Mm. Yeah, God is not looking for you to be a polished lemon. What do I mean when I say a polished lemon? I'm glad you asked. A polished lemon, if you've ever gone to a car dealership, the first thing that you always are leery of when you buy a used car is buying a what? A lemon. What is a lemon? It's a lemon is a car that they've polished up on the outside that looks good. They, they, they make it look real nice. They even fix it up just enough to get it off the lot or get it down the street and around the corner. And because you've purchased this lemon and you've gotten down the street and around the corner, you cannot return it. Because the value diminishes once it leaves the lot. So Satan has, has, has pushed, positioned us to look more like a polished lemon instead of be transformed from the inside out. So a lot of times when we see, uh, when we see those coming to the bodies of Christ, they come in and they get all polished up on the inside. But guess what? There's no transformation on the outside. I mean, on the inside. They, they, they're polished. They, they can say all the right things. They can dress all the right ways for church. They can say all the right things as a Christian, but on the inside, it's still filled with the same darkness. It's still filled with the same bitterness. It's still filled with the same sin that they have never given over to Christ uh, completely. So now God is not looking for a polished lemon. So we must go through a complete overhaul of, get this, your spirit, your mind, and your body. Somebody say, I got to go through a complete overhaul of my spirit, my mind, and my body. See, the text that we read this morning tells us that he purifies us. The text that we just read, excuse me, he purifies us for himself. 
It says it right there in the text. It said, instructing us to deny ungodliness. That means he's, when, when we received him as our Lord and Savior and we adhere to his word, that, it, that his word instructs us to deny all forms of sin, all ungodliness, and all worldly desires, and to live sensibly. That means we have to live understanding who it is we serve. We have to live within our right mind. We have to live within the right preview or the right purview of what his word says and declares about us. It says, and righteously and godly in the present age. He's not talking about your future. He's not talking about your past. But what you're doing right now has to live, has to be, has to put you in a position where you're living sensibly, righteously, and godly. Somebody say, sensibly, righteously, and godly today. Yeah, not, not tomorrow, because tomorrow's not promised. You can't go back and redo yesterday, but it's for you to live sensibly, righteously, and godly today. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior. So what are you looking for? You're looking for him to appear when he called, when, 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 we, when we go to be with him. When, when, he, when, when we're looking for this blessed hope that when you close your eyes and die, that, that you're going to be with your father. But in order to be with him, once again, what do we have to do? We have to live sensibly. We have to live righteously and we have to live godly. Somebody put that in the notes for me real quick. We have to live sensibly, righteously, and godly. This is not Pastor Thomas sitting here telling you that, that this is what you have, where you have to live, but we have to, this is the word of God telling us that we have to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That means right now you have to make the confession that God, my, my desire is to live sensibly before your throne. My desire is to live righteously before the people. My, my desire is to walk a godly life so that you, when I meet you, that you'll say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. See, the text tells us that he purifies us for, for himself. And guess what? Zealous. What does this word zealous mean? It means excited for good works. So we're, 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 he, he has purified us for his own works, but in order for us to be good and be excited about what it is that we have to do for him. It's not a chore. It's not a, it's not a, a, a dawning task to live righteously, but we have to come to a place of living righteously. We have to live holy. We have to live in an abundance and an understanding of what it is that he wants because he, we have to be excited for the good works of God. See, Titus 2 and 12 uh, uh, gives us a, a, a mindset of being self-disciplined and know how to deny oneself. Amen? So if we're, if we're, if we're operating in self-discipline, knowing how to deny oneself, and what does it mean to deny? It means to disregard one's own interests. Yeah. It means to disregard one's own interests or to prove false to oneself or to reject or refuse. It can also mean to operate in soberness, 
with a sound mind, so soberly or uh, uh, discreetly, righteous or righteously, or we have to make sure that we're agreeable, agreeably to do the right thing. We, once we deny things in all ungodliness, we have to come up with a mindset that we want to live righteously and agreeing to what his word says. So if I'm going to live a disciplined life, amen, if you're going to live a disciplined life, there are some things that you have to be willing to agree with the word of God to take out of your life. I got a lot of scripture for us this evening, but I need you to, I need that to be driven home for you, whether you're listening to us on Zoom and you're getting ready to interact with us or whether you're watching on Facebook uh, or however you may be watching us. I need you to make a conscious effort tonight to reevaluate yourself and ask, are you living a disciplined life before the throne of God? Are you agreeing to do, to, to, to strive to do what is right? Are you agreeing to do what God said you should do? Are you agreeing to live by his precepts? That does not mean that you will not make mistakes. Somebody say, I'm human. And, and if you're human, you're bound to make mistakes in life. You're bound to fall short of his glory. What does the Bible say? All have sinned and done what? Fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? So now, if, if, if we get to a place where we're making a conscious decision to live a disciplined life, that means also that we have to show reverence towards God. Amen? We, we got to show reverence towards God, living in reverence and understanding that reverence requires discipline. <laughs> See how that goes together? If we're going to show reverence to God, if we're going to say that God is our Savior, if we're going to say that he's our all in all, if we're going to say he's our Jehovah Jireh, then we have to be able to say, well, if he's that for me, what's the smallest thing that I could do for him? What, what, is the, what is the least thing that I could do for him? And that's simply live a disciplined life or strive to live a disciplined life even though I operate under grace and mercy. Yeah, we, we all operate under grace and mercy as kingdom citizens. We all know that, that, that God is giving us time and time again where we've made mistakes. But my whole mindset, my whole goal, my whole, my, my whole understanding is to dare to be different. Somebody declare, I got to dare to be different. I got to dare to be different. And, and so now if I'm showing reference towards God and, and, and trying to live a life of godliness, let's go a little deeper. What does the word different mean? Now, I, I'm asking you that. What does the word difference mean and what does, it, what, what does it require us to think about? On your screen right now, you'll see what the word difference means. And it means simply this, not alike in character or quality. It's not alike in character or quality. So God's expectation for your lifestyle as a believer is to be different and know much more is required from you because you identify with Christ Jesus. 
He expects you to be to live a life that's a lifestyle as a believer that is different from everybody else. I don't care what you see this Christian over here doing. I don't care what you see this Christian over here doing. But what I do care about is that you're simply living a life that is pleasing in his sight that's different from what the world standards are. Number two, the believer is admonished not to conform, but to what? Be ye transformed. One of my favorite scriptures, and we're going to look at that in a little bit. Number three, you are supposed to be distinguished from the world, not blended in. Yeah, somebody needs to hear that real quick. You are to be distinguished. That means you have honor. That means you are set apart. That means you are created different when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you're created different than what everybody else looks like. Yeah, you, you, you can't accept everything in the world. In the world. You can't do everything in the world. So you have to be able to grow and mature in the understanding of what God has called you to be. Somebody declare, I'm distinguished. I'm distinguished from the world and I'm not blended in. I, I don't like feeling like I look like everybody else. You, you know, when you get dressed in the morning, you dress the way you dress for a certain perspective or a certain appearance. You, you don't go put on the same thing that you know your coworker is going to wear today. You don't go, you, you don't, for women, you don't fix your hair the same way that you see another woman have her hair while she's at work. Or, or, or even if you like the hairstyle she has, you'll wait a couple of months before you get that hairstyle. Why? Because you don't want to be blended in or made to feel like you look like a carbon copy of somebody else. Amen. So why is it that for us in the kingdom of God, we constantly want to still look like the world when we are separate from the world? Yeah, we, 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 we don't want to come out from amongst them. We don't want to be different. We, 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 we drink, we cuss, we smoke. We do all that because of the environment and the nature that we're in and the people that we're around. And we don't want to seem like we, 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 we're too uppity. That, that we don't want to feel like we're too holy. We don't want to feel like we're too righteous. So we'll, we'll bring down our level of being a Christian to be that of something equal to what the world says. And God says, no, God, God says perfectly well that I don't accept that. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or I will spew you out. So, so you got to choose one. The, the other scripture says uh, you can love, the ma love one master and hate the other, or you can hate the one and love the, uh, love the other. So you simply have to make a choice of what you want to be. You have to separate yourself from what the world looks like. Matter of fact, I want to go a little bit deeper. Open up your Bibles to 1 Peter, the second chapter, looking at the fifth through the ninth verse. It says this. I'm going to give you a second to get there. First Peter, the second chapter, looking at the fifth through the ninth verse. When you have it, say amen. Amen, amen. I want to welcome in our folks that are, that are tuning in uh, uh, on, on our Zoom this, this evening. Amen? Amen. Hey, Rhee, I see you, Rhee. And Deacon Estanzi, I see you on Zoom. But listen, 1 Peter, the second chapter, looking at the fifth through the ninth verse, it says this. 
you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for the holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in what? In him will not be disappointed. The precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who what? Disbelieve. The stone which, is with the, which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to what? To the word. And to this, and to this doom, they were also appointed. But you are a chosen what? Race. A royal race priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. I got to go back and say that again because that makes me happy right there. But you are a what? Chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people for God's own possession. Matter of fact, I think I need you to say that with me right now because I, I need you to understand and believe this about yourself. Somebody declared that I am a chosen race. I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. I am a person for God's own possession. So that I may so that so that I may proclaim this excellence of him who has called me out of darkness. See, you got to make this thing personal sometimes for him that has called me out of darkness into what his marvelous light. See, Peter tells us tells us that that you and I are, guess what? Living stones of God. What is a stone? Something that has weight. And isn't easily moved. So as a believer who is striving to be different, we cannot be, by, be swayed by the, change, by the change of the wind. The wind of worldly lust. We, we, we can't be swayed by that wind. We can't be swayed by the wind of self-righteousness. We can't be swayed by the wind of false religion. I've been talking to you over the last couple of weeks about this whole positive energy movement. And this whole thing about uh, you, you don't need God, but, but as long as you have positive energy, that you are capable of doing the great or, or doing great things. I know it sounds wonderful, but with the absence of God in your life, all of it is is fruitile work. See, as a stone, I'm not talking about a pebble. I know a pebble, you can pick up and toss it. A, a small rock, you can pick up and toss it and move it from its current location. But if you've ever tried to move a boulder, if you've ever tried to move a stone, re re remember when Jesus died that they rolled the stone in front of the tomb. And the most precious and powerful thing for when we went on that morning when Jesus rose from the grave is what? That that the stone was rolled away. Why was that powerful and impactful? Because the stone was supposed to set something permanently. So if you're a stone and you're, and you're a living stone of God, that means you've been set 
permanently in, in his will. You've been set permanently in his, in, in, in his grace. You've been set permanently in his love. You've been set permanently to be a kingdom ambassador. You've been set permanently to be a living entity that displays the, the, the power of God, the love of God, the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God, the healing of God, the plan of God, and the destiny of God for the believer. You've been set as a living stone. Too often do we get lost because we allow ourselves to be moved based on the latest fad in religion. Yeah, the latest trend in the world. There has to be a time, there, there has to be a time where we say, I'm firmly planted and rooted in my faith and in God's word. Somebody say, I'm firmly planted. I'm firmly planted in my faith. I'm rooted in my faith. I'm, I'm firmly planted like a tree by the water. I'm firmly planted on his word. I'm firmly planted with his joy in my life. I'm firmly planted with his Holy Spirit operating in me. I'm firmly planted. We have to stop allowing the wind to blow our stone and put it in places that it's not supposed to be at. We have spent too much of our Christian walk feeding the temple of God with food from other gods. Yeah, I'm about to, I'm, I'm, I'm about to set, the, set some things on fire real quick. Yeah, 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 the, because I need you to get this. Too often, as the, stone, as the living stone of God, we have taken on a diet of other gods. Get this, on Monday, you decide you want to be a Hebrew. Yeah, you, 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 you like what the Hebrews are talking about. You, you, you like how, how they're saying that, that all this thing about who you should be. On Tuesday, you want to be a Muslim and, 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 and celebrate what they do because of the discipline they have. You constant, that, so you're feeding your spirit. You're speeding, feeding this temple of God with all these other gods, and, and, and your body is not acting right. Your spirit is not acting right. Wednesday, you want to practice feng shui and, and you want to set the or in your home and you want to and, and you're embracing this this Asian religion right now. So now Monday, you want to be a Hebrew. Tuesday, you want to you, you, you want to serve Allah. Wednesday, you come in and you you celebrate in feng shui and you want to set the set the atmosphere in your home. Thursday, you call yourself a Christian witch. Yeah, we're we going to talk about all that, too. The Thursday, you want to be a white witch, and you want to use the sage, and you want to use the stones and, the, and all this other stuff. You're feeding your spirit everything except what God has in, or in store for you, the diet that God has planned for you. You won't dare to be different because of the fad of time and the fad of religion, so you're missing what God is trying to say to you. So Thursday, you want to be a Christian witch. Friday, you praying to the ancestors. Saturday, you turned up in the club. So by Sunday, look, you trying to get back into the presence of God. And first of all, we got to get rid of all that other stuff that you done put in the inside of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday, you turned up. Saturday, you at the hookah bar. Saturday, you at the strip club. Uh, Friday, you at this place and, and all these other things. And your body is being constantly filled up with all these different foods and all these different gods. And now you got to get to a place where you're saying, God, I'm, 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 I'm going through so many problems. And you don't even know why you're going through problems because of the different gods that you done served. 
Yeah, you you going through hell and high water because you done gave this piece of you to this God, this piece of you to that God, this piece of you to this fad, this piece of you to this tradition, this piece of you. Even in the church, one Sunday, somebody told you that you got to do this to get blessed. The next Sunday, you, you listen to this preacher that's telling you, do this so that you can be blessed. The next Sunday, you listen to this preacher that's telling you to do this so that you can get your million dollar house and you financially this. And then you hearing stuff that's adverse to the world. Word of God. And then one Sunday you listen to your friend that want to introduce you to Scientology. You're listening to too many gods. And now so many things have, have caused you to be spiritually constipated so that your spirit, your mind and your body are not hearing from God. So now, here's another scripture for you. John 2, the first John, the second chapter, looking at the 16th verse. Because I need you to get this. We cannot, if we are operating in kingdom excellence, it should cause us to be different. And we cannot be lovers of the world's lust. First John, the second chapter, looking at the 16th through the 17th verse, it says this. For all that is in the world, get this, the lust of the flesh... And the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. The world is passing away and also with its, its lust. But the one who does the will of God, guess what? Lives forever. See, being different requires us to sacrifice what seems to be enticing to the flesh. Yeah, so, so, so when we look at this text and this scripture, I, I, I told you that, that I need you to grab hold and understand what it means to operate in a different mindset, what it means to operate as a kingdom citizen, what it means to be something so different than what we've ever been in our life. Because being different requires sacrifice. Yeah, you're, you're a sacrifice, and we're going to look at that in a second. You're, you are a sacrifice to God. But, but, but we cannot be lovers of the world's lust. Yes, it's great to have money. Yes, it's great to have possessions. Yes, it's great to have status. Yes, it's great to have friends. Yes, it's great to have the nice car. Yes, it's great to have all of these things. But if we're operating and chasing these things with a lustful mindset for the world's lust, then it means that we've taken our eyes off of God. It means that we're taking our eyes off of the one who created us in his image and in his likeness. The one who said that, 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 that my father has, uh, uh, has many mansions and he goes to prepare one for us. We take our eyes off of what the bigger prize is, which is your soul and the salvation of your soul and where your resting place is for your soul. So we cannot be lovers of the world's lust. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. We can put just about everything that we chase opposite of God in these three things. The lust of the flesh. God, I, 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 I need this money so I can't be in church on Sunday. God, I need this money so I can't go to Bible study. God, I need this money so I got to leave my family. God, I need this money so I got to do this. God, I, I got to live a certain status. I got to live a certain lifestyle. I got to live this way. And I'm chasing the lust of my flesh. Your flesh is adverse to the spirit. Scripture teaches us that. Do not 
uh, do not uh, uh, chase after the lust of the flesh, for the flesh is against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, so that they will not do that which is pleasing. So you have to realize that what your flesh is chasing after is adverse to what the will of God is for your life. God, I know I'm not supposed to fornicate, but I'm, I'm feeling good tonight, and, and, and my flesh is doing something to me. Yeah, I'm going to be real. God, 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 I'm not, I'm not supposed to, 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 to be uh, uh, thinking like this, God, but, but this thought uh, supersedes me praying tonight. God, you asked me to fast, but, but, but that, that, that double cheeseburger with the fries and the, and the milkshake, it looks better than, 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 than what you're asking me to be disciplined by. God, I know that I shouldn't be out buying this new car because I have, I have a family to take care of, God, but it looks good right now. It looks good right now, so I have to establish what it is for me to see, what it was to see you, God. So I have to be different. I have to do something different in order to, 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 to stand before your throne, God. I cannot be a lover of the world's, of, of, of the world's lust. Amen? So now, I, I want to go a little bit deeper real quick. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, my favorite scripture in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need some people to memorize this scripture for themselves because this scripture is so powerful. Uh, and, and it says this in, from the New American Standard Bible. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. See, see, Paul was telling him, I urge you. I need you to realize that this is serious. I need you to realize that this is, is, is major. And what I need you to get out of this is something that, that, that's getting ready to change your life. I, I, need you to, uh, I need you to grab hold of this because if this, if you grab hold of this, uh, then, then your life can change. And, and if, I, if you grab hold of this, then your whole mind can change and your whole your, your life can change from today. He said, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you to, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. The, the King James Version says reasonable service. But, but the New, New American Standard Bible said, which is your spiritual service of what? Of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So now, if, 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 if I'm doing this, I, I, need you to get this, I need you to get this point. At the top of this, you should see this statement. You are a living sacrifice, and no one wants a dirty and normal sacrifice. Yeah. See, sacrifices in, 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 in the Old Testament were things that were without blemish, were things that, that, that had no flaws to it. They were things that, 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 that you found priceless. And, and, and God said, sacrifice these things for me, and I'll forgive you of your sin. Sacrifice an unblemished cow or an unblemished calf. Sacrifice an unblemished goat, an unblemished sheep. Sacrifice uh, uh, these things because these are spotless things. So for your sin, I need something spotless. 
But then we see Jesus as, as our sacrifice. He presented himself to the Father. He died on Calvary's cross spotless. He, he who was without sin became sin. So, so, so when we see him and he became sin, and we see him in a perf, as a perfect man, as, as both God and man, and we see him give himself up. He gave himself up back to the Father as a perfect sacrifice. So if scripture teaches us right here in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he said that I am a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy. How can I be living sacrifice, acceptable and holy? Because when you go back to our foundational scripture, it says what? That you are a living sacrifice. You were purified by Christ for zealous good works. So if he's presenting you as faultless, as, as priceless before the throne of God, what is it that we have to do? We have to attempt to live this standard of being the same way. We have to attempt to live this standard of walking and operating in righteousness. We have to live, we have to uh, attempt through the power of the Holy Spirit to change who we look like from what we look like in our past. We have to do what? Dare to be different. Because if I'm not daring to be different, that means I can live any way that I want to live. I can live any way that, I, that, 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 that pleases me. I can do whatever I want to do. But daring to be different means I gave my life to Christ because I saw at a point in my life that I was not doing it right and something was missing. How many people can declare that when they came to Jesus Christ, it was because they knew that they had made so many mistakes. They knew that their life was in shambles. They knew that it wasn't getting any better. They were missing a piece of their life and no matter how they tried to fill it, whether it was with alcohol, whether it was with uh, sex, whether it was with drugs, whatever it was, it was not filling that void. The only thing that filled that void and set you free was the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody declared, the blood of Jesus set me free. The blood of Jesus set me free. And if I am going to be a living sacrifice, now we've heard that first we were a living stone. We now hear that we're a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy. And, 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 and acceptable and holy, which is our reasonable service, get this, of worship. If I got to present my body as a living sacrifice, that means I'm acceptable and holy, which is my reasonable service. That means it's not hard to do. We make it hard because of what we set our eyes on. When we set our eyes on the lust of the flesh, we'll never see that we look to the hills for which cometh our help. If we continue to see, set our eyes on the lust of the flesh, we'll continue to miss the mark of who God has called us to be. Yeah, somebody look at yourself real quick and declare, I'm more than what I've been. I, I'm more than what I've been. I, 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 need to, I, I need to dare to be different, dare to be different on my job, dare to be different at school, dare to be different when I'm at home, dare to be different when I'm with my spouse, dare to be different in my relationships, dare to be different as a child of God, dare to be different in how I interact with other people, dare to be different when I in interact with my enemies, dare to be different 
when I interact with my spouse. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming down somebody road real quick. Dare to be different when I don't want to do my schoolwork. Dare to be different when I don't want to go to work. Dare to be different when I don't need to, when I'm not trying to save money. Dare to be different when I'm not, tr- when I, when I, when I want to do all manners of evil. Somebody declare, I got to dare to be different. I got to dare to be different in my life. Why? Because you need to realize this, and this is the meat of what we're getting to. I gave you all that scripture before, but now I really want you to dive in. Your difference makes you more valuable than you know. Yeah, somebody, somebody needs to declare that about themselves. My differences makes me more valuable than I know. Why? Let's, let, let's look at scripture real quick. <clears throat> Romans, the eighth chapter. This, this book of Romans, when, if you ever get an opportunity, or not even whenever you get an opportunity, you want something to really read that's going to change how you think about yourself. Open up the book of Romans. Open up the book of Romans. Romans, the eighth chapter. And, and tonight's, tonight's topic, Daring to be Different, is going to be a two-week topic. Uh, so we're going to, I'm, I'm not going to hit everything tonight. We got about uh, 13 more minutes, and I'm not going to hit everything tonight. But I need you to get this. This is what I want to hit tonight, the first through the fifth verse. It says this, Therefore, there is now what? No condemnation for those who are in who? Christ Jesus. Forget this. Get this. I, 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 need y'all to, I need you all to get this. That therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, has set you free from the law of what? Sin or and of what? Death. I need you to hear that again. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the sin of life in Christ Jesus has set you what? Has set you? I I, I, I need you to, I need to hear you this. Has done what? Set you free. Somebody say I'm free. I'm free from the law of what? Sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and, and, and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in who? In us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to what? The Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of what? The flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. This is probably the biggest thing that the devil wants you to, doesn't want you to get a hold of. If Christ is in you and you are in him, guess what? You're free. Yeah, somebody declare, if Christ is in me and I am in him, then I am free. Yeah, I need somebody else to say that for me. If Christ is in me and I am in him, then I am free. I'm going to say that until somebody gets hold of that real quick. If Christ is in me, somebody say it. If Christ is in me, and I am in him, then I am free. 
not just spiritually, not just emotionally, not just mentally, but physically and relationally. Yeah, if Christ is in me, then that means I have the ability to walk free. I have the ability to talk free. Too often do we speak and talk from a defeated standpoint. Anybody ever been, felt like they was just defeated and down and out and it felt like nothing was going good for them and nothing was happening the way that they needed to happen? Yeah, the devil wants to keep you in that bound language. The devil wants to keep you in that bound mindset spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and relationally. But if you are in Christ, I'm going to say it until somebody get it. If you are in Christ, you are what? Free. Yeah. If you are in Christ, even though you're going through tribulations, you are free. Yeah, somebody grab hold of that. If you are in Christ, even though you're going through tests and trials, you are free. If you are in Christ, even when you've fallen short of his glory, guess what? You are free. If you have fallen short of his glory, if you have fallen in sin and you're getting back up, stop operating and living in guilt because what? You are free. Yeah, bring the sin back to the throne. Bring the sin back to God. Bring the sin back to him. Repent of your sin, but walk like you are free. Somebody declare I'm free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now it said, therefore, there is no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Yeah, I'm free from that. And when I die, I know that I'm going to see my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he lives in me and I live in him. And the Bible says if he if we died with Christ, then surely we will be raised with Christ. Yeah, so I'm free from the bondage. I'm free from the persecution. I'm free from the judgment. I'm free from being set back. I'm free. And even everything that I go through in my life, the Bible says that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. The Bible said whom the Son sets free is truly free indeed. And our foundational scripture says what? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So now if I'm free from the law of sin and death, for what the law could not, what? The law couldn't do it, weak as it was through the flesh, because my flesh is set up so that I will fail the law all the time. But my spirit is such when it's connected with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, when it's connected back to the Father, that I have the ability to overcome my sin. Why? Because the Bible says greater is he that's what? In me than he that's in the world. Yeah, give me about five minutes real quick. He said, so for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God, what? God did. I couldn't do it. Somebody, somebody look at yourself. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you couldn't set me free from sin. You couldn't set me free. I can't set myself free from sin. But the Bible says that God did it. Sending his own son in the likeness. He wasn't filled with sin. The Bible says in the likeness of sinful flesh. See, that's where Satan got it twisted. 
When he took Jesus up onto the mountain and he, and he tempted him with all manners of sins, he, he thought that just because Jesus looked like man, that he was not going to be able to withstand the temptations of man. But Jesus only looked like sin. He said, in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an, and as an offering for sin. That means, yeah, he looked like it, but he was perfect on the inside. He looked like it, but he had all authority and all power. Somebody declared that he has all authority and all power over my life. He has all authority and all power over my life. But then it goes on to say, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in who? Us. Why? Because now we accept him, now we receive him, and now he operates in our life because the flesh no longer operates, because the flesh no longer has authority, and we've given it over to the one who has dominion and authority over both flesh and spirit, that has authority over both heaven and hell, that has authority over both what right and wrong. He has the authority and he has the dominion and the power because when he got up from the grave, what does the Bible say? He got up with all keys in his hands, all power in his hands, from death, hell, and the grave. So he has the power to, to overcome it, and if he has the power to overcome it, guess what? So do you. He said, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. This is what you need to get tonight. If you don't get anything else from this, if you're going to dare to be different, I need you to, 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 to submit your flesh to the will of God. Submit your flesh to the authority of the Holy Spirit that's supposed to operate and lead your life. Because if your mind is constantly allowing your flesh to dictate what you do, then, then you're looking for a fiery, uh, a, a painful death in your life. It said, for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Temporary solutions. If you're, if you're walking by the flesh, you're setting your mind on temporary solutions. But the Bible says, but the, the last part of this, but those who are according to the Spirit are looking for what? The things of the Spirit. The things of the Spirit. So what is it that you are looking for? How are you looking to operate? Are you looking to be led by the Spirit? Are you looking to be led in your life? Or are you continuously walking according to your flesh, your fleshly desires, your fleshly urges, your fleshly wants, your fleshly... The, everything of the flesh is leading you opposite of what the Word of God, the will of God, and the plan of God is for your life. Too often do we do we say, God, I'm, I'm going to come back, but I need to indulge in my fleshly desires. But God said, when will you give it over to me? When are you going to see me for who I am? I am, your, I, I am who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who set you free. If I set you free, I need you to surrender that flesh, those things that you can't control, those things that have been hard for you. Those things that, those sinful urges and desires that have been hard for you. When are you ready to walk outside of that? 
when are you to when are you ready to take on my spirit and learn of me when are you ready to allow my spirit the bible says this that when the enemy comes in like a flood the what the spirit of the lord shall raise up a standard he's ready to raise up a standard in your life no matter where you are no matter who you are at this moment will you allow god to raise up a standard in your life or are you saying god i I hear your word, God, I, I, I know your word is true, but I'm just not ready. He's, the, the Bible says that he said, lo, I stand at the doorway and knock. And if any man opens up the door, I'll come in and sup with you. That word supper is a personal word. It's a term where he gets close with you. In the chamber of your own house, you don't have supper with anybody. You don't let strangers come in and have supper with you. You, 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 you. That's intimate for family members. He said, I'm ready to come in and sup with you. I'm ready to show you that I'm not only your friend, but I'm your brother. I'm not only your brother, but I'm your Lord and Savior. I'm not only that, but I died for you. And if I died for you, I died that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Right now, I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm going to open us up for a word of prayer. If you're on Zoom and you have any comments about it, it's, it's a perfect time to go ahead and unmute yourself. Um, you can go ahead and unmute yourself if you have any comments or questions or any, uh, about anything that we discussed on this evening. I would love to hear from you. If you're on Facebook and you have any comments and questions, we would love to hear from you right now. He said, take my yoke and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. At this time and at this moment, there, there's just, there, there's nothing else that I need, you to, need to say to you except are you ready to dare to be different? Are you ready to dare to be different in your life? As a child, are you ready to, be dare, are you ready to dare to be different? You don't have to live the same way that your peers live. As an adult, are you ready to dare to be different? You don't have to live the same way that everybody else lives. Are you ready to accept him into your life? Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for this time. I thank you, God, for your anointing. I thank you, God, for your grace. I thank you, God, for your mercy. I thank you, God, for your favor on this evening, God. God, too often have we walked by our flesh, but your word declares that we are not to walk by the flesh, but we are to walk by the Spirit. So, God, right now, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, anybody that's been been struggling with their flesh, God, Fle struggling with their fleshly desires, struggling with how to submit their flesh to you. I'm going to ask you, God, that you send your spirit into their residence right now, into their home, no matter where they are, no matter who they are, no matter how far they've fallen from you. Your word declares that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, God, we just thank you at this time and at this moment that it's a reconciliation moment. That it's a time to come back to you. That it's a time to get back into your face. God, we love, we're people that love you. We have, our short fault, we have our shortcomings. We have our issues. But God, don't leave us here. Draw us back closer to you with your power, with your anointing, with your word. Set the captives free, oh God. We cry out to you at this time, God. Let your spirit fall fresh, for you said in your word that in the last days you will pour out your spirit upon the earth. 
God, and as you pour out your spirit, deliver those. Set free those. Raise up your army. Raise up your leaders. Raise up your generals. Raise up, raise up your prophets, your evangelists, your preachers, your pastors, your apostles, your teachers, your children in the fear and the adoration of the Lord. Raise us up, God, so that we may be pleasing in your sight. Raise us up, God, that we may be pleasing in your sight. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you have any comments, I'm going to leave it open for the next couple of minutes so that to see if there's any comments or any questions that you may have about our Bible study. Amen. If you want to jump on Zoom real quick, uh, you can jump on Zoom. Um, those that are partners with us, the link is in our messenger group. Uh, next week, those that are just tuning in, you will have the link to the Zoom, uh, to the Zoom broadcast so that you can comment on what you may have. Deacon Estancy, do we have any comments or anything? Amen. Amen. All right, I love you, and, and, I, and, and I know as we are in the DMV area, things, the, the spike in COVID numbers are going back up, and I know some people are getting worried, and I know some people are, are becoming more fearful, but I need you to put your trust in God right now. He hasn't left you. He's not going to leave you. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you, and so we just thank God for all that he's going to do. So... We're going to go ahead and close out right now, and I'm going to leave you with it. As always, live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Tune in next week, and we'll be glad to see you. Amen. <laughs>